Chapter Eight of The Gloved Hand by Burton E. Stevenson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Eight: A Fresh Enigma. Godfrey met my eyes with a little deprecating smile, put his torch in one pocket, took a handkerchief from another, and mopped his forehead. Rather nerve-wracking, wasn't it, Lester? he remarked and then his gaze wandered to the couch and he stepped toward it quickly i saw that a change had come in miss vaughan's condition her eyes were still closed but her body no longer lay inert or lifeless for from moment to moment it was shaken by a severe nervous tremor godfrey's face was very grave as he looked at her stop stroking her wrist swain he said that does no good and when Swain, without answering or seeming to hear, kept on stroking them, Godfrey drew the hands away, took Swain by the arm, and half-lifted him to his feet. "'Listen to me,' he said more sternly, and shook him a little, for Swain's eyes were dull and vacant. "'I want you to sit quietly in a chair for a while till you get your senses back. Miss Vaughan is seriously ill and must not be disturbed in any way. I'm going to get a doctor and a nurse at once. They'll do what needs to be done.' until then she must be left alone understand swain nodded vaguely and permitted godfrey to lead him to a chair near the outer door where he sat down as his hand fell across the arm of the chair i could see that a little blood was still oozing from the wound on the wrist godfrey saw it too and picked up the hand and looked at it then he laid it gently down again and glanced at his watch i followed his example and saw that it was half past one have you nerve enough to stay here half an hour by yourself lester he asked by myself i echoed and glanced at the dead man and at the quivering girl i've got to run over to my place and get a few things and do some telephoning he explained we must get a doctor up here at once and then there's the police i'll try to get simmons will you stay yes i said of course but please get back as soon as you can i will he promised and after a last look around the room stepped out upon the walk i went to the door and looked after him until the sound of his footsteps died away then feeling very lonely i turned back into the room those regular tremors were still shaking the girl's body in a way that seemed to me most alarming but there was nothing i could do for her and i finally pulled a chair to swain's side he at least offered a sort of companionship he was sitting with his head hanging forward in a way that reminded me most unpleasantly of the huddled figure by the table and did not seem to be aware of my presence i tried to draw him into talk but a slight nod from time to time was all i could get from him and i finally gave up mechanically my hand sought my coat pocket and got out my pipe yes that was what i needed and sitting down in the open doorway i filled it and lighted up my nerves grew calmer presently and i was able to think connectedly of the events of the night but there were two things which looked at from any angle i could not understand one was swain's dazed and incoherent manner the other was the absence of servants as to swain i believed him to be a well-poised fellow not easily upset and certainly not subject to attacks of nerves what had happened to him then to reduce him to the pitiable condition in which he had come back to us over the wall and in which he was still plunged the discovery of the murder and of miss vaughan's senseless body might have accounted for it but his incoherence had antedated that unless indeed he knew of the murder before he left the grounds that thought gave me a sudden shock and i put it away from me not daring to pursue it farther 
as to the house its deserted condition seemed sinister and threatening it was absurd to suppose that an establishment such as this could be carried on without servants or with less than three or four but where were they and then i remembered that godfrey and i had not completed our exploration of the house we had stopped at the gruesome room where the adept and his serpent gazed unwinking into the crystal sphere there was at least one suite on the same floor we had not looked into and no doubt there were other rooms on the attic floor above but that any one could have slept on undisturbed by those piercing screams and by our own comings and goings seemed unbelievable perhaps there were separate quarters in the grounds somewhere and then without conscious will of my own i felt my body stiffen and my fingers grip my pipe convulsively a slow tremor seemed to start from the end of my spine travel up it and pass off across my scalp there was someone in the room behind me someone with gleaming eyes fixed upon me and i sat there rigidly straining my ears expecting i knew not what a blow upon the head a cord about the neck a rapid step came up the walk and godfrey appeared suddenly out of the darkness well lester he began but i sprang to my feet and faced the room for i could have sworn that i heard behind me the rustle of a silken dress but there was no one there except swain and miss vaughan and the dead man and none of them had moved what is it godfrey asked stepping past me into the room there was someone there godfrey i said i'm sure of it i felt someone i felt his eyes on me and then as you spoke i heard the rustle of a dress of a dress or of a robe and my thoughts were on the bearded man upstairs godfrey glanced at me crossed the room and looked out into the hall then he turned back to me well whoever it was he said and i could see that he thought my ears had deceived me he has made good his escape there'll be a doctor and a nurse here in a few minutes and i got simmons and told him to bring goldberger along he can't get here for an hour anyway and i've got a change here for swain he added with a gesture towards some garments he carried over one arm also a bracer to be administered to him and he drew a flask from his pocket and handed it to me maybe you need one yourself he added smiling dryly since you've taken to hearing rustling robes i do i said though not on that account and i raised the flask to my lips and took a long swallow suppose you take swain up to the bathroom godfrey suggested and help him to get cleaned up i'll go down to the gate and wait for the doctor the gate's probably locked i thought of that and he drew a small but heavy hammer from his pocket i'll smash the lock if there's no other way i'd like you to get swain into shape before anyone arrives he added he's not a prepossessing object as he is no he isn't i agreed looking at him and i took the garments which godfrey held out to me then i went over to swain and put the flask into his uninjured hand take a drink of that i said he did not understand at first then he put the flask to his lips and drank eagerly so eagerly that i had to draw it away he watched me longingly as i screwed on the cap and slipped it into my pocket and there was more color in his face and a brighter light in his eyes now come along i said and get that cut fixed up he rose obediently and followed me out into the hall godfrey had preceded us found the light switch after a brief search and turned it on there's a switch in the bathroom too no doubt he said bring him down again as soon as you get him fixed up you'll find some cotton and gauze in one of the pockets of the coat swain followed me up the stair and into the bathroom he seemed to understand what i intended doing for he divested himself of coat and shirt and was soon washing arms and face vigorously 
then he dried himself and stood patiently while i washed and bandaged the cut on the wrist it was not a deep one and had about stopped bleeding feel better i asked yes he said and without waiting for me to tell him slipped into the clean shirt which godfrey had brought attached the collar and tied the tie all this quite composedly and without hesitation or clumsiness yet i felt in some indefinable way that something was seriously wrong with him his eyes were vacant and his face flabby as though the muscles were relaxed it gave me the feeling that his intelligence was relaxed too he picked up his own coat but i stopped him don't put that on i said speaking to him as i would have spoken to a child the sleeve is blood-stained and there's a long tear down the side take this one and i held out the light lounging coat godfrey had brought with him swain laid down his own garment without a word and put on the other one i rolled the soiled garments into a bundle took them under my arm turned out the lights and led the way downstairs a murmur of voices from the library told me that someone had arrived and when i reached the door i saw that it was the doctor and the nurse the former was just rising from a rapid examination of the quivering figure on the couch we must get her to a bed at once he said turning to godfrey her bedroom's upstairs i suppose yes said godfrey shall i show you the way the doctor nodded and lifting the girl carefully in his arms followed godfrey out into the hall the nurse picked up a medicine case from the floor and followed after i had expected swain to rush forward to the couch to make a scene perhaps and had kept my hand upon his arm but to my astonishment he did not so much as glance in that direction he stood patiently beside me with his eyes on the floor and when my restraining hand fell away he walked slowly to the chair in which he had been sitting and dropped into it relaxing limply as with fatigue godfrey was back in a moment the doctor was the nearest one i could find he said he seems to be all right but if miss vaughan isn't better in the morning i'll get a specialist out godfrey i said in a low tone there's something the matter with swain and i motioned to where he sat flaccid and limp apparently half asleep he is suffering from shock or something of that sort it's something more anyway than overwrought nerves he seems to be only half conscious i noticed it said godfrey with a little nod we'll have the doctor look at him when he comes down and he sank wearily into a chair this has been a pretty strenuous night lester yes and it isn't over yet i wonder what the man with the snake is doing still staring into the crystal no doubt do you want to go and see no i said decidedly i don't godfrey i added doesn't the absence of servants seem strange to you very strange but i dare say we'll find them around somewhere though they seem to be sound sleepers we didn't look through the whole house you know i'm not going to either i'm going to let the police do that they ought to be here pretty soon i told simmons to bring two or three men with him i glanced at the huddled body of the murdered man with all the night's excitements and surprises we had not even touched upon that mystery not a single gleam of light had been shed upon it and yet it was the centre about which all these other strange occurrences revolved whose hand was it had thrown that cord about the throat and drawn it tight what motive lay behind fearsome and compelling must be the motive to drive a man to such a crime would simmons be able to divine that motive to build the case up bit by bit until the murderer was found would godfrey i turned my head to look at him he was lying back in his chair his eyes closed apparently lost in thought and for long minutes there was no movement in the room at last the doctor returned looking more cheerful than when he had left the room he had given miss vaughan an opiate and she was sleeping calmly 
the nervous trembling had subsided and he hoped that when she waked she would be much better the danger was that brain fever might develop she had evidently suffered a very severe shock yes said godfrey she discovered her father strangled in the chair yonder i saw the body when i came in the doctor remarked imperturbably so it's her father is it yes and strangled you say godfrey answered with a gesture and the doctor walked over to the body glanced at the neck then disengaged one of the tightly clenched hands from the armchair raised it and let it fall i could not but envy his admirable self-control how long has he been dead godfrey asked not more than two or three hours the doctor answered the muscles are just beginning to stiffen it looks like murder he added and touched the cord about the neck it is murder you've notified the police they will be here soon i saw the doctor glance at godfrey and then at me plainly puzzled as to our footing in the house but if there was a question in his mind he kept it from his lips and turned back again to the huddled body any clue to the murderer he asked at last we have found none and then the doctor stooped suddenly and picked up something from the floor beside the chair perhaps this is a clue he said quietly and held to the light an object which as i sprang to my feet i saw to be a blood-stained handkerchief he spread it out under our eyes handling it gingerly for it was still damp and we saw it was a small handkerchief a woman's handkerchief of delicate texture it was fairly soaked with blood and yet in a peculiar manner for two of the corners were much crumpled but quite unstained the doctor raised his eyes to godfrey's what do you make of it he asked a clue certainly said godfrey but scarcely to the murderer the doctor looked at it again for a moment and then nodded i'd better put it back where i found it i guess he said and dropped it beside the chair and then suddenly i remembered swain i turned to find him still drooping forward in his chair apparently half asleep doctor i said there is someone else here who is suffering from shock and i motioned toward the limp figure or perhaps it's something worse than that the doctor stepped quickly to the chair and looked down at its occupant then he put his hand under swain's chin raised his head and gazed intently into his eyes swain returned the gaze but plainly in only a half-conscious way it looks like a case of concussion said the doctor after a moment the left pupil is enlarged and he ran his hand rapidly over the right side of swain's head i thought so he added there's a considerable swelling we must get him to bed then he noticed the bandaged wrist what's the matter here he asked touching it with his finger he cut himself on a piece of glass godfrey explained you'd better take him over to my place where he can be quiet i've got my car outside said the doctor and together he and i raised swain from the chair and led him to it he went docilely and without objection and ten minutes later was safely in bed already dozing off under the influence of the opiate the doctor had given him he'll be all right in the morning the latter assured me but he must have got quite a blow over the head i don't know what happened to him i answered you'll come back with me won't you yes i may be useful and he turned the car back the way we had come besides he added frankly i'm curious to learn what happened in that house tonight. he had certainly shown himself equal to emergencies i reflected and i liked his voice and his manner which was cool and capable my name is lester i said i'm a lawyer staying with mr godfrey we heard miss vaughan scream and ran over to the house but we don't know any more than you do my name is hinman and i'm just a country doctor said my companion but if i can be of any help i hope you'll call upon me hello he added as we turned through the gate into the grounds of elmhurst 
and he threw on the brake sharply for a uniformed figure had stepped out into the glare of our lamps and held up his hand the police had arrived end of chapter eight read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com